You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. You know, I recently actually won uh, a lot of money on DraftKings. Uh, I bet that uh, Tom Brady would get unbelievably and undeservedly lucky in a Super Bowl <laughs> or a big game in general. So wow. make that make that bet every time. How much did you win? Uh, just millions of dollars. <laughs> I'm just going to bet it every game. Just, just enormous. Like Tom Brady's going to get an enormous break, and there's still going to be a you know a horseshoe shoved firmly up his ass. But DraftKings. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you want to also become a millionaire like me, uh, use DraftKings. So this week's jam packed with action, ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways to have a front row seat for you to have a front row seat for all the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Wow, excitement to every night and simple to do. Sounds like my kind of night. Uh, <laughs> draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up like Taylor. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, $2 billion of which has gone to Taylor, to users across sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. That stands for the Hockey Podcast Network. You're darn right it does. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm losing 5-2 to two in the game of life. Taylor, uh, our hockey team straight up sucks, man. <laughs> yeah, let's, um, get to the point. let's get right into it here. So I'm going to give you the option, Taylor. Do you want to talk about death, uh, existential dread, hopelessness for the rest of our lives, or the Buffalo Sabres? I mean... All, all roads lead back to the Buffalo Sabres. True. Okay. You know, so, so let's let's just go right for it. Um, horrible. As we had predicted, I, I who could have seen this coming? Oh, we did. And everybody else with a functioning brain going into a weekend where the Sabres played three straight against the New York Islanders on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Three straight five to two losses. Really no bright spots. Not really a whole lot that I can look at and be like, this is awesome. I well, mean, I'd say there's two big bright spots. What? Skinner finally scored. Yes, of course. That's that, one. Of course. And uh, we're one click day closer to, you know, shuffling off our mortal coil, <laughs> not ever having to deal with the Sabres again. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, Jeff Skinner, death, what a great goal, by the way. Yeah. What is death if not the Sabres season persevering? Wow. That doesn't make sense. I, that was, I need to workshop that one a little bit. That's all right, though. We should talk about WandaVision at the end of this episode. Yeah, we should. We will. Okay, so... So obviously the Jeff Skinner, very cool goal, his first goal in more than a year, which is brutal. But yes, like you said, very bad. So they got outscored 15 to six this weekend. They've been outscored by 22 goals since they came back from their COVID uh, shutdown, pause, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they've only won two games and they're both against the Devils in that stretch. They're 6-13 and two now. They are pretty quickly uh, running headlong into the... uh, 
the worst team in the league conversation. Mm-hmm. They were going to be right there with Ottawa and Detroit. Oh, wait, can I make the one stat we were talking about before this? Yes, let's, actually. Let's talk about that. <laughs> the Sabres, right now, if you took their last 41 games and put it to an 82-season schedule, they would be on pace to have less than 20 regulation wins yeah, over an 82-game stretch. Worse than the tank here. Wor- yes, it's, I don't even know how it's possible. And for me, it just keeps going back to this, you know, conversation where it, it just all comes back to Ralph, because at the end of the day, there is absolutely no way with the talent that they have on this team that they should be performing this badly. I know we sound like a broken record. We keep saying the same thing and I'll let you get back to your point, but it's, it, that, that is the only logical conclusion that you can come back to, to give any sort of explanation for how a team with as much talent, even though they are very top heavy and don't have great depth, they are still top heavy enough where they should not be this bad. Yeah. I'm starting to really, really think Eichel's hurt like this cracked ribs thing we heard yeah. a lot about. Uh, it's been a rumor that he's been hurt and you know what I, he might be, it might because it makes sense uh, evolving wild the uh analytics site they just followed me actually the other day oh really yeah look at you wow i don't they probably aren't listening but if you are what's up guys everybody should follow them they're great just wanted to say uh yo yeah (laughs) so they have eichel as the selkie leader right now right which continues a trend of him getting significantly better in his own zone over the past five years but he has two goals i mean right to put too fine a point on it but like Matthews, McDavid, I know they're playing in a fake division. Uh, even McKinnon, who's in a real division, these guys are running away with significantly better point totals. Like Brock Nelson has significantly more points than I mean, doesn't Kel Clutterbuck have as many goals as I call this year? It. It's it's insane. And then I know there's been a huge luck thing, but he hasn't been the, the he hasn't uh, been offensive the uh, dynamic uh shooter that he's been in the past. Like watch a highlight reel of his goals, they're unbelievable. He is the the best like combination of like like speed shot, like shot quickness, mm-hmm. getting it off at the, you know, from his stick to the back of the net in less than a second. He's incredible. He's the best saber of my lifetime in that department. And he just hasn't been doing that this year. Cause it kind of cuts against the luck thing. Yeah. He's missing wide open nets, but usually doesn't need a wide open net. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taylor Hall luck, but also not playing like a former MVP. And then, you know, Skinner, good Lord. He has two points. I know after today, it's so. bad. I mean that, but yeah, it's bad. The thing with Skinner though, again, though, he, it's obviously, you know, to what extent are we saying he, he's playing well, but his underlings have been good and he was driving that fourth line that he was getting put on. And he's been just put in bad positions pretty much all season. Ralph has done him zero favors. And you know, that obviously on the farthest extent of that, we could talk about like the benching of the three games, but even on the lower end, but it, it's still of a great importance. The, the line mates that he's getting paired up with. I, I don't know. I mean, and at this point, I said it on Twitter earlier, we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording. I don't know how Ralph is going to survive the weekend. I, I just, I don't know how you can look at the last three games, how this season has gone, everything and think that, Ralph is worth keeping around for even a second longer. Yeah, we should bring up what Ralph said today. Go ahead. Yeah, today. absolutely. Uh, this was tweeted out by TJ Luckman, former guest of the good uh, friend of ours. Podcast. Yes, love TJ. Friend of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, he was asked about Skinner scoring again for the first time in a, a year. And he says, that's certainly something for Jeff Skinner, who has measured his whole career on goals. Getting that zero out of the way is an encouraging sign moving forward. We need to get the goal scorers confident. We need them to be able to execute, to get us leads, to be able to neutralize goals against us quickly, like we just spoke about. I'm happy for Jeff that he got that out of the way, and now we need to build on that. 
Okay, so the second half of the answer is whatever. The first half, just bizarre passive aggressive shot at Skinner. Like, yeah, you measured his career on goals. He's a really good goal scorer. Yeah, He's right. One of the best what, what is he supposed to? Yeah, the Buffalo Sabers who's measured their franchise success in the number of wins that they've gotten. Like, yeah, yeah. no shit, Ralph. Yeah, <laughs> like Rob Ray measured his uh, career success on how many fights he won. Like, yeah, of course he did. What's he going to measure by block shots? Right, right. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, is, well, where do you even begin? Bizarre. He where? seems to just hate the guy. And again, this comes back to the conversation of, you know, what matters more, trying to make a coach's system look good or making the players that you have to coach look good, like yeah. depending the system that you're going to make, like on the, play, the strength of the players. And Ralph, for whatever reason, I mean, what do you even mean? Who's who measured his entire career by scoring goals? Like, yeah, when you're a top five, five on five goal scorer for the past decade, yeah. I think that's a good way of measuring success. What do you mean, Ralph? Did, did he give it a good old college try? Was he real tired at the end of a shift? I don't give a shit. If he scores 30 goals, then yes, that is successful to me. Yes. Uh, what do you want from him? He's not a defensive player. Not everybody has to be this defensive stalwart. Like, I'm okay with having guys who are one-dimensional if they're producing at five-on-five. Five. He's not Victor Olofsson. Yeah, by the way, so is he. Because Victor Olofsson is also not good defensively. No. I guess maybe he tries and doesn't complain. But he is awful defensively and not even uh, a good offensive player at five on five. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that that's, I mean, there's way too many problems for us to talk about. And it's just, can I put podcast. something out there about him while we're, cause I feel like today we're just going with a very free flowing. We're just going to oh, take yeah. this wherever we want. I think that Olafson should be a trade candidate in the off season, maybe the top Absolutely. trade candidate on the team yes. because of the fact if you can find somebody who thinks that, or is just maybe short-sighted enough to not care about the fact that all of his production comes from his power play, which again, don't get me wrong, like on the right team and in the right situation, if you're using him correctly, which as we've talked about in like a third or fourth line role, and then you just load him up on power play time, then yeah, he's that, I mean, he's great. He could be great for a very good team, but if you could find somebody who overvalues that uh, and in return, get something back that maybe fills a hole that you need at five on five, which at this point is like every position besides like five spots on this roster. Uh, I think you don't even think twice about it. And, you know, again, he's a, he's a, he's an all time like saber shooting talent in terms of what he can yeah. actually do. He's incredible at shooting, but just everything else that he does is just not good. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's to be uh, that's putting it lightly. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's just so many problems with the roster right now and in the way it's deployed, but I think a lot of this goes back to, uh, the fact that they're a different team right now than mm -hmm. they were beginning of the year. They weren't getting good chances, but neither was the other team. It was just, they were kind of losing because they were getting bad luck and because their goaltending was bad, which is a real problem. And it continues to be a problem. Uh, so they, they looked good in most games. Mm -hmm. for the, I mean, I don't know, first, what, 10 games, whatever, whatever happened for. It felt like COVID. even more than that, potentially. Yeah, it, they, they didn't look bad. Well, they looked really bad coming out of COVID, but they had a couple good games against the Devils. I mean, they, they weren't terrible coming out of it, but now they're getting destroyed. Like they, they got out of shot like 45 to 18 today. Do you think they that it's destroyed? Be, do you think it's because the players are just done buying into Ralph? Yeah, their defense is not good anymore. So the defense, in terms of actual defensemen on the team, has not been good all year mm -hmm. or in all decade, <laughs> 15 years. But like the defensive structure actually did work. Now, when Ralph says a system, he has proof that it works. He has proof that they can limit quality chances from the other team, but that they didn't win while doing that. First of all, because their goaltending 
stinks and because their offensive structure is not good. And there's been a lot of people that have pointed out that their offense is kind of a mess structurally and system wise. And you should go read them. They're smarter than me and put more mm-hmm. work into this, but like, like, yeah, so that's bad. Now they're still not scoring. Their five on five offense is awful. And the, the defense is no longer good. So it's like, okay, now you're getting nothing out of this. And you know, all marks obviously hurt. McCabe's hurt. Borgen's hurt. So that hurts too. But like, they're basically doing nothing right. They're getting destroyed and they're way too talented to be getting destroyed like this. And I think, yeah, the coach has to wear that. I mean, he, sh- he probably already should have been on the hot seat. He should not be, co- he should not coach another game for them No, for a lot of reasons. Like, first of all, I just mentioned, we said about Skinner, uh, absolute dick move. That, that's not, that's not good coaching or good. Look. Just when someone horrible like, leadership. Yeah. Terrible leadership. And that's, that's just an, a really shitty thing to do. Second, it doesn't seem like anyone really respects him by the no. way they're playing right now. I don't think we've seen a lot of Sabres teams like give up on their coach so much as they have just been bad. Yeah. And then I think they've given up on a season before. I think that happened pretty much every year, the Botrell era yep. after the trade deadline, it was like, well, see ya early <laughs> summer break for us, but you don't see a lot of like this team clearly does not respect this coaching once I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's absolutely what's taking place. And you know, it is a weird thing because we're going to have fired so many coaches after going through most of our lives without ever firing the coach. Right. Uh, but who cares though? Realistically, you got to wait till you get a good, you got to find a good coach. Well, if you know that the guy that you have right now, isn't it, I don't care about, you know, continuity for the sake of continuity. If yeah. you know that he does not have what it takes, then what are we waiting for? And of course, you have to consider whether the guys who are available right now would even want to come here in the first place. But you're, you're, you would have no problem convincing me of firing Ralph and hiring Boudreaux or Gerard Gallant like right. tomorrow. Oh, I, w- I would have no reservations about that. And granted, yes, we don't know what you know things will look like in the offseason if more options are available. But either one of those two right now is a considerable improvement over what you have. It's a, it's proven winners coming in. And that's something that the Sabres really have not had, you know, thinking back to before Ralph was hired, I was all on the Ricard Gronberg train. Yeah. And I think that having him as the coach right now, you would probably have very different results than what you're getting from Ralph, just because they're two different kinds of coaches. But what I will say though, is that now it feels like, and maybe this is me succumbing to the pressure of it all of just how bad things are, but I think you need to hire somebody who is a, a proven winner in the NHL, like a proven coach. You can't really take a chance on another person, you know, who is either an assistant who's maybe excelled or whether it's, you know, a, a guy like Gronberg who's coming from overseas. I, I just think, you know, normally I'm against the just go for the retreat kind of thing with, with NHL coaches, but that's what they need right now. I think with this locker room, because from the top down, it just seems like there's a lack of leadership and accountability and that Absolutely. very much so in the front office. And that even does extend down into the, into the locker room as well. Yeah. Oh, you, you can see that. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You can. Um, so like I said, we've, we've fired a lot of coaches in the past decade and there is kind of a nice feeling when you fire the coach even mm-hmm. though it's a, a sign of failure it's like okay it gives you an opportunity to start over like maybe this time we'll we'll make the right hire maybe mm-hmm. this time lucy will let us kick the football <laughs> um but it, it really 
this time it does feel a little different in the firing just because when Helsley got fired, it was just like, oh, of course, you have to yeah. fire this guy. He's been awful. Nolan, kind of the same thing for me. Rolston was kind of a surprise. Uh, Bielsma was definitely a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of – I was and kind of ambivalent on that one. But this one's going to feel good because I, so I do not like Ralph Kruger at all. I think more so than most coaches. Like I hated Rex Ryan. Absolutely deserves to get fired. Awful coach. And you compare know, Rex and Ralph, absolute, who do you hate more? Uh, hmm, that's tough because we're really in it right now. With yeah, Ralph, that's in the thick of it. You know, the probably thing is, need some hindsight. They're but... not just bad coaches, but they were both just absolute jackasses. Yeah, and so yeah, I'm gonna it's gonna feel good, it's gonna be like a nice cathartic moment when when we're else gone. And I don't really trust that they're gonna do anything right or get Golan or Boudreaux, and they're probably just hire whoever is, uh, I don't know. Steve Smith. Yeah. Well, no, I was thinking <laughs> someone like who 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 drives a Zamboni at Harbor. Oh Center. my god. <laughs> Might as well. Why didn't they see what uh Chris Taylor's doing? Oh wait, damn, you ruined that too. Oh, you know what's an interesting thing? Oh, Paul Hamilton said. Oh. That I know much of Buffalo Twitter would not be able to see this because they're blocked by Paul Hamilton. Mm-hmm. That Kruger wanted Chris Taylor out. Now Chris Taylor's out, and now there's no logical replacement in the organization to take over for him on an interim basis i mean it'd probably be granado or steve smith yeah uh interim wise well that brings up such an interesting point though that i know we've said and i I, we both i'm sure moved off of this a bit but when kruger was hired a lot of people were into the idea again just because back then we were you know fooled by his seemingly smooth talking since that we now know is bullshit but back then people were really into the idea of him potentially, you know, transitioning from a coaching role into a front office position. And I want no part of that now either. Like what, what value do you have by having this guy around who clearly is okay with hanging players out to dry in the media and having personal vendettas get the best of him. I mean, it's, it's Bush league. It really is. And I don't want this guy anywhere near any part of the decision-making process. I don't want Kevin Adams or the Pagulas or anybody there as any part of the decision-making process for that matter. <laughs> I don't like our owner, our GM or our coach. Everything sucks. Yeah. And I don't want them to make it, but that, and even on top of that though, now there was some rumblings on Twitter this week about the potential of minority stake being bought in the Sabres to have somebody help them with like the day-to-day more so, so that they can focus on the team. Cause I mean, I don't know how true that is. Originally, the the rumor that was going, did you see this? The rumor that was going around was like, it's bullshit. Yeah, Yeah. right. But it was basically saying they were for sale. And And then then it turned into Anthony and Chad, actually, from Expected Buffalo, though, both have that there was some degree of smoke to that, that... Basically, they're looking for help, but they don't want to offer any stake in ownership. So, But I don't think that the door is completely shut on that, right? If I understand correctly. Tim Graham seems to think that the, from the athletic, if you're unfamiliar, mm-hmm. seems to think that the door is kind of shut. They're, okay. they're not interested in selling any part of the team, any, any stake. They just want help. This is basically what it seems like. Yeah. I don't know if you really want to incentivize help. You might want to give someone stake. I don't know. I don't know what true. Is it incentivizing kind of, though? <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, here's your one. You own 1% of the Sabres. So you lose $650,000 a year. Good Lord. I mean, Idiots. where do we need money running a professional sports team, a professional hockey team in Buffalo? It's I can't unheard of. I can't get into it's it. a, why not? Why don't you want to get into it? I don't want to get mad. Sunday, the Bonnies are going to the tournament. 
You've how been back feeling kind of... that actually. How it talk, give the viewers a little update on the Bonnies? Very well, brief. You were the the, the Bonaventure, uh, the Saint Bon. Yeah, I guess listeners. Well, they we have this video thing. Yeah. So. I don't know. Maybe people are watching from outside the window. Anyway, the same Bonaventure Bonnies are dancing because they, so they were the regular season Atlantic 10 champions. And now they're heading to the cha- actual championship game, which weirdly is in seven days mm. for some reason uh, against VCU in the, you know, the Atlantic 10 championship, which Virginia Commonwealth. Yes. Oh boy. Which would guarantee them a, a spot, but I think they're pretty much already guaranteed. And I think they might be a nine seed now. Wow. Yeah. No one really has them in the last four buys. Or, or sorry, the, yeah, the last four buys or the last four in. So they're ahead of all those teams, seemingly. So if they, I'd be really mad if they had to play a playing game. But, well, whatever. Either way, the Bonnies are coming. Hop on the bandwagon now. Wow. And I, you know what? I think they could win it all. Written. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Big weekend for teams that you actually enjoy watching then. Yeah, Spurs had a nice. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's nice what I'm saying. Um, but, yeah, so the Bonnies this is actually a serious comparison. They remind me of how the bills went into the playoffs this year, where the bills are playing their best, kicking everyone's ass, mm-hmm. man. They won by 18 at a neutral court against St. Louis, who was ranked for part of this year. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I'm sure everyone saw everyone who cares that our Bonaventure alumni legend, Adrian Wojnarowski yet again, embarrassed someone from the state of Missouri. <laughs> Whoa, man. That was, there was a, are you talking, there was like a couple of viral tweets I saw actually about people being like, do not disrespect Woj's Atlantic 10 basketball alma mater or else you will be crushed. Yes. Like publicly humiliated. Yeah. It was, yeah. The pride of the guy St. Bonaventure. His account. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It's incredible. The guy was basically like, you know what? Woj was actually responding to Travis Ford. St. Louis's coach is like, it's not fair because they got to play at this neutral site the day before mm-hmm. the neutral site was VCU. Uh, they played at VCU on Friday and St. Louis, I think played in Dayton, maybe. Anyway, the point is here uh, for some reason, he thought playing one extra game at a neutral site was a huge advantage. Mm-hmm. Again, the bodies won by 18. <laughs> and then Woj responded to that. And this random guy, St. Louis fan was talking shit about Woj having, I don't know, a dumb job or whatever. And, uh, said something about not having a real degree or whatever. And well, just like, okay, well, you can have your real degree. I'll stick with my real job. And the guy said, like, I have a job at blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, I guess they're not going to let you off or give you vacation and go to watch the NIT then, huh? <laughs> Bodied the guy. Love that. Yeah. Anyway, great vibes about, around uh, St. Bonaventure this year. Kyle Lofton, Shuno Shuni, Cheek to walk his own Dominic Welch. To some extent, you know, Jaron Holmes and Jalen Attaway also all playing awesome, all not seniors, no seniors in the team. Wow. So So even though this year is going to be big, next year might even be be even bigger. We could see back-to-back national championships too. Some people people are comparing them to the mid-2000s Florida Gators. Wow. Some of those analysts out there, huh? Yep. Interesting. Me. And all of my drunkest friends. That's good. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm really excited Doesn't for the big feel, wins. Doesn't it feel good to talk about a good team on a podcast? I wouldn't. I, I don't. I have no stake in Bonnie. So I guess I don't really know how any of that feels. Let's talk about. The Fredonia Blue Devils. Yeah. How are they looking this year? How's the just, squad looking? Just great. Just great. Yep. 
Well, you roomed with a Fredonia athletic legend. You're right, who also happens to be a blood relative of yours. That's true. Yep, wow. we're blood brothers. Mm-hmm. We did the sacred oath. A lot of legendariness in the in the blood of the Danny Nigrelli family. That's right. Any thoughts? Um, well, I believe Quinn Danahy, he like has the record or close to the record for most singles in a season. Really? Something like that. I didn't know that. Yeah. We should have Quinn on sometime. Yeah, we could talk about Fredonia baseball. I'd love to. Talk about all the uh, old memories. Again, probably more enjoyable than talking about the Sabres. Yes. Now, Quinn would be interesting because very rarely do we talk to someone who is good at hockey. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, we're not going to count ourselves in that. But we talked to like Doug Bodger. Obviously, he was pretty good at hockey. He was great. I don't know if any of our other guests have ever actually been good hockey players. We could find out. Yeah. Quinn would break that trend. That's all right. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to have Quinn on. That'd be fun. So do we want to get back into the sad boys at all? I mean, what else? Uh, what, what more is there to say that already hasn't been said? I mean, to be honest, I feel like for everybody listening right now, I hope that by the time that you're listening to this, Ralph Kruger has been relieved of his duties as head coach. Yep. I, I really hope that. I mean, we're recording right now. It's Sunday night at like seven o'clock. Yeah. If we could be so lucky that by, you know, 12 hours from now, this asshole's on a first class playing back to Germany or whatever soccer team he wants to go ruin next, whatever he's feeling. What can you say about the third line that hasn't already been said about Afghanistan? <laughs> <laughs> little, uh, little Dave Chappelle Whoa, action. Right? That was good. That was good. Anyway, I have some quizzes. I, I mean, Should I we just do it. Do we have anything else that we even want to really no, wrap up with I the Sabres? Like a million things I could say about the Sabres, but. And I don't want to get mad. I don't want to do a Dwayne Rand. I don't now. think that we should have it in me. Anymore, I don't man. think we should do that until Ralph is fired. I yeah. think that is where we can really air all of our grievances out. But because, because the thing is, is I, I said this last episode, I'm sure that, you know, a lot of people are feeling this way. I, I am not allowing myself to get mad about them losing. Like I'm not because of the fact that I know that that is what needs to happen to get this guy fired what i'm just already thinking ahead now this season's a wash it's done but what is going to get us to you know cross the finish line as as fast as we possibly can and that's just them piling up losses and ralph continuously looking worse and worse so why bother getting ourselves worked up about the fact that they suck when they need to keep losing to potentially rid themselves of one of the main contributors to the suck. Yes. If that makes, if you will. Yeah. You know, I don't, I mean, I don't, you're right, but also I don't really want to see them lose anymore. <laughs> it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't hurt anymore. Really? No, it does. I'm, I'm just sick. Of it's it, numb. But, yeah. It sucks. Uh, who would you rather have coached the Sabres next year? Ralph Kruger or crazy Ralph from Friday the 13th? Easily crazy Ralph from yeah. Friday the 13th. Easily. He was not a good vibes guy actually a very bad vibes no, guy no he liked to just tell people you're doomed or whatever he said <laughs> honesty though yeah whereas ralph Kruger's like no we're gonna figure it out and do this system and that'll lead to wins or whatever get out of here no ralph kruger or ralphie from a christmas story oh ralph kruger really the christmas story a you, christmas story you would pick ralph to coach the sabers over ralphie though yes Grown up Ralphie, like narrator version, he seems very in touch with reality. And I feel like that's something that we need. I don't respect him. Why not? Because I think he's soft. He beat the shit out of Scott Farkas. You know, I think like, that's selective brutally. memory. I think that's selective memory. What do you mean? My man had a little bit of emotion in him. Yeah, sure. But he beat the living piss out of that guy, kid. I wonder, I wonder how Scott Farkas uh, remembers it. 
Also, then he got his ass whooped. Yeah. Maybe. I don't like I don't like him. I don't like the movie. I don't like anything about it. That wow. movie is speaking of vibes, horrific vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. We've done the like, you know, we've I think we've talked about we talked about Christmas movies around Christmas, I think. Rick's right. reviews. I don't think we ever did on here. No, I remember we were talking about movies. That one remember we did a whole podcast about movies. Honestly, the past year has just been a, a blur to me so we could I think this was when the mighty ducks reboot happened oh yeah you're right it, okay we yeah. like the whole yep. like annoying like die hard's a christmas movie oh thing. god yeah it's like yeah obviously i'd much rather watch die hard than a christmas I'd, I'd rather watch almost every movie in existence than a christmas story i cannot stand that goddamn movie all right well what are other famous ralphs then that we would rather have rather than Ralph Kruger be the coach. Ralph Loren, whatever his name is, the yeah, fashion guy. The fashion, yep, yep. Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, yeah, he seems like a... I've, yeah, he'd be a good coach. Good heart. Heart's yeah. in the right place. I mean, he's the mind of a child, but mm-hmm. but the voice of John C. Riley. We need a little bit of fun. And we need John C. Riley in our lives. Yeah. Any other popular Ralphs, really? I'm telling you, man, Crazy Ralph is the number Ralph one Ralph Macchio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> Ralph Kruger over him any day. Yeah. I don't know. Is there a famous Ralph we're missing? It feels like there's not a lot of famous Ralphs. Tweet us at Straight Sabers or comment on this on Facebook or Instagram if we're missing any of the famous Ralphs. So you would rather have Coach rather than Ralph Kruger. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up. Well, what's the quiz that you have then? We'll transition into that. What do you uh, got? You have two of them, correct? Yes. Yeah, two big events that happened recently. <laughs> so today, uh, Jeff Skinner scored as we said earlier. Uh, Darn and, right. Do you know, Brendan, that at the beginning of last decade? Jeff Skinner won the Calder. Yes. An 18-year-old, he scored more than 30 goals. Yep. Can you guess who the other top 10 finishers for Calder voting were that year? Oh, my God. What year was this? 2010-11. and then... I'll give you the team. Or wait, 10-11? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'll give you the team. You Oh, the team that the player's on? Yes. Are these we'll all get... known guys, or is there anybody that's very obscure? No one's obscure. Oh, all right. Let's do it. Yeah. This is a good year for rookies. I like that. All right. 2010, 11. Okay. I'll give you the team and you get one guess per person. Okay, cool. Who was second? And should I start with second or 10th? Go 10. Yeah. Who was 10th in Calder voting that year? Here's a funny thing. He played for two teams. This is going to be easy because he played for two teams. Who else could it be? He played for Colorado and St. Louis. You're like two of your 25 favorite hockey teams 25 <laughs> what are you even you, you are ridiculous no, these are like your second and third I, favorite teams aren't they well i i not really anymore i mean i liked saying i like st louis i always liked st louis growing up and was a huge fan of theirs um just because of like david perron tj oshi david backus like that whole era i was really really into them um but he played for colorado and st louis in his rookie year oh and it, wait in his rookie year this is the rookie year so this is who they played for that year he played for two teams in his rookie year and yep. he was in the top 10 in Calder voting. Is he, who, who, oh, you're not going to tell you're not going to tell me which team came first and second. No, or? it's Colorado then St. Louis. Oh, Colorado then St. Louis. Yeah. Who in the world would that have been then in the same season? Is this an obvious guy that I'm just. Yeah. I thought you would know about this. I think it was a big trade. If I'm not mistaken, that was made between the two teams. I mean, I from Colorado to St. Louis. I feel like I do. Now that I'm thinking about it more and more, it's starting to something's starting to ring a bell. Some of the lights are going off here. Wait a minute. Um, and it's a 
Uh, you they probably can't tell me if it was a position player or not, but because uh, I don't think it'd be a goalie or would it? No. Um, oof, can we come back to this? Yes. Uh, but I think you would remember the trade. Anyway, uh, so we have. I mean, I think all these guys are pretty obvious in some way, but you might not get it on the first guess. Yeah. Uh, number nine played for Edmonton. For Edmonton in 2010, 2011. Hmm. This is number nine, you said? Yep. Is it Ryan Nugent Hopkins? No, it's Ooh. Taylor Hall. Oh, man. You know what? I thought that would have been a little early for Nugent Hopkins, too, when I was saying it. Man. Yep. Dang. Uh, Darn number, shame. Number eight played for Anaheim. In the 10-11 draft. Um, Hampus Lindholm. No. Oh, my God. Right track, though. It's Cam Fowler. Oh, man. I like Cam Fowler a lot, too. Wow. I didn't. Damn, all right. I'm rough start here. Rough start. Number seven played for the Philadelphia Flyers. Oof. Um James Van Riemsdyk. Ooh, see, that's a good guess. He actually was drafted the same year as Pat Kane. Yeah, uh, but I but he didn't come into the league right away, right? And but Kane was even earlier than that. Kane was what 20? Oh, yeah, it's Sergei Bobrovsky. Wow. I am doing horribly right now. Remember he was a flyer? Yeah, I do. No, I, I very well remember it. I didn't realize. Yeah, wow. He started his career with them? Yeah, remember he beat us in the playoffs. It's the last time we were in the playoffs. Christ, wow. Okay. Number six played for Montreal. I'm just so bad at this. Uh, for Montreal. Still with Montreal? No. Um, P.K. Subban? That's correct. Hey, there we go. P.K. Subban. Wow. Penalty kill Subban, they call him. Yep. Uh, number five played for the Washington Capitals. 2010, 2011. Yep. 2010. Still with them? I'm asking the questions. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> How about John Carlson? That's correct. Nice. Yeah, it goes. You're on a roll now. Number four played for the Chicago Blackhawks. Who would have been a rookie around that time? In 2010, 2011? Yep. Uh, hmm. Ooh, I have a couple guys in mind here, but I don't. I'm going to go with. Mm, no, I don't want to go with him, actually. Um, who the heck would be for Chicago in 2010-2011? It's an old rookie. Old rookie? Yeah. Oh, boy. What's that? What's with Chicago and these old rookies? 
don't know, man. Yeah. Huh. Panarin. Yeah. Panarin. That's obviously. right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with who the heck did I just have in my head? Is it Dustin Bufflin? No, that's a good guess. It was Corey Crawford. Wow. Okay. Huh. Definitely an old rookie. I didn't realize he was a rookie that way. Interesting. Number three. I was surprised to see this guy was number three. He's in the New York Islanders. John Tavares? No, he would have been the year before, actually. I think he would have, right? Because wasn't he drafted in 2009? Yes. Well, I mean, I already guessed wrong. So okay. Yeah. Who is I it? I mean, you call yourself, but yeah, it's Michael Grabner. Grabner? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it had all these guys, all these future all Wow. Number two played uh, for San Jose. Oh man. Um can you tell me if this player's still on San Jose or not? No, I can't. No, that's okay. It's against the rules. That's okay. Um no, it's gotta be too early for, for Hurdle. Um Hurdle Avenue. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Damn Taylor, who the heck could it be then for San Jose? So I have San Jose, and then I still have that Colorado St. Louis debacle. Yeah, man. Oh God! Even you don't have the Colorado St. Louis guy. I really thought I would have. I, I'm I'm sure you're gonna say it, and I'm gonna be. What would Mikey O think of this? Beside myself, I, I, you wouldn't be very happy. What would Ken Hitchcock think? I don't care. Um, <laughs> all right, let's think about the San Jose one. At least I'll throw a guess out. Um. No, it wouldn't be him. God, Taylor. Uh, how about, is it Vlasic? He's old as hell, though, so it wouldn't be him either. No, no definitely not. It's an honorary member of not. Bill's Mafia. Logan Couture. Duh. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> I completely forgot about Logan Couture. Oh, my God. I knew, I, and I, didn't, I knew saying Vlasic was wrong right away because he's way older yeah. than Skinner. Well, let's go back to number 10, and Christ. I'll... Uh, I'll just keep saying things about it until you get it. Okay. He was in the trade, the Eric Johnson trade, which Chris Stewart was also in, and some other guys. He was one of the guys coming back. He was, in, yeah, right. That's why I'm like. And I'll tell you what, they won this trade because Eric Johnson is just a guy. And this guy was. He's not good. bad. Eric Johnson wasn't as guy. good as the, like a number one pick, but he's a good top four defenseman. Um, Yeah. So it, it's, oh my God, dude. This is also a defenseman. Uh, is it Kevin Shattenkirk? It is. There we go. Okay, yeah. Look at that. Yikes. Bad trade. Bad yeah. trade, Colorado. Bad one for sure. How about I get like four right, five maybe? Uh, do you count no, the Shattenkirk four. one? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll say you got uh, – <laughs> I think you got three. You got Carlson, Subban, and Shattenkirk. Didn't I get another one? Did you get – you didn't get Kocher, you didn't get Grabner, you didn't get Corey Crawford. No. You didn't get Bobrovsky, Fowler, or Hall. <laughs> I suck. Well, here – you have a chance to make it up because we have a second All right, game. give me the second one. Saturday night, Ryan Miller uh, got, uh, got the win for Anaheim, and it 
moved him past Dominic Hasek for 14th place in all-time wins. Mm -hmm. Insane. Or tied him. I don't know. Okay. So he's been around a long time. He's played on a few different teams now. So I'm going to say some names. And there's 10 names here. You have to guess if this guy was ever a teammate of Ryan Miller. Oh, I like this. Okay, cool. Yeah. So 10 names. We'll see. I feel good about this one. All right. Michael Pekka. When you say teammate, are you saying like literally played on the ice at the same time? Yes. So no preseason or anything like that. Miller and uh, Pekka would have to have, you know, played games in the same season. No. Correct. Yeah, definitely not. It was actually two full years. Yeah, I was going to say there was way too much time there because Miller was still at Michigan State after he was drafted. James Patrick. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Two years. Yep. That one I knew. Yeah. James Patrick, who is uh, about to turn 60 years old. That's disgusting. Yeah. Who? So that's that's pretty crazy. He's going to play with James Patrick and like Zegras in his career. Yeah, that's wild absolutely wild. i'm sure there's even crazier ones than that for him for miller i'm saying miller like more of a like zagris obviously on the low end but i bet I'm, there's probably something even not, more nuts on the high end you think so james patrick was 39 in miller's rookie year was he really that old when miller was a, his was a rookie yeah i don't know if it counts as a rookie year or whatever but the year where he first played games interesting so huh. I think that he's got to be the oldest. Yeah, maybe you're right that I didn't realize that it was 39. I thought he was. Oh, like I said he's almost 60 years old. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, anyways, though. Uh, let's see. Rob Ray. Yes. Yes, again. Yeah. Three for three. Yep. Rob Ray. Vakalov Verada. Love, we love Vaclav Verada on the pod. We love him. We love him. Folks, folks, we're, we're bringing him back. We we are. We got to get him on the show. Um, <laughs> Actually, that's a really good idea. I would love to. Um, no, I'm going to say no to Vaclav Verada. He actually did. Really? Yes. What year? Uh, I think like 04? 02, 03. And and I, mean? I think 03, 04. Verada might have still been there, too. But yeah, either way. Really? Played with him, yeah. Interesting. Shea Theodore. No. Correct? Yeah, no, it would have been Miller wouldn't have gotten there before the to Anaheim before the expansion draft. So no. He he got there the year of the expansion. Right, draft, right, so right. They just missed each other. Francois Beauchemin. Ooh. Star defenseman on there. He's the defenseman everyone remembers from their 2007 cup team. Of course. Francois Beauchemin. He carried that bum Chris Pronger around all playoffs. I'm going to, ooh, do I, uh, yeah, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. He did play with when? Francois Beauchemin. With Anaheim? With Anaheim. His first year there. Francois Beauchemin was, I think he came back. He, he was, was uh, that, you know what, that's even my fault too, because that was such a random name that I should have known that that. That's not random. He's like my favorite player ever. I love Francois Beauchemin. Okay. What do we got next? What, what do we got next? Carl Gunnarsson. Gunnarsson? 
God, that's that's a brutal name. Um, I'm gonna go yes, St. Louis maybe. No, no. He came the next season huh. to St. Louis. He was on Toronto with us. Oh, okay. Uh, Nick Bonino. Nick Bonino. I don't remember the what? HBK line. Yeah, I don't. Yes, yes. Uh, no, yes. Actually, or is it yes? <laughs> yeah, it's a yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no, it is. Yes, yeah. he did in Vancouver. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. His first year there. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to flip off. I just, sorry. I was like, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Elias Pedersen. What he was he there his rookie year? Ooh, this is a good one, Taylor. Um. This is a really good one. Miller has been with Anaheim for what? This is his like third. No. Correct. Yes. Oh, yeah. That one I really cool. think about. So cool. I obviously I know, I look yeah. these all up. But uh, so I looked that up because I was like, man, Pedersen feels like he's been around for a few years. He is not. No, this is only he's incredibly this young. Is third season, right? Fourth. Yes. Yeah, so it's his, third or fourth. It's his third season. I believe it's his draft plus four. Yeah. He's, yeah. He didn't play his rookie year, did he? I don't believe he did. No. And then because Miller had been in Anaheim by the time he would have came around. That's right. Yeah. Miller's been in Anaheim longer than I thought. What? Four, three years, four years now. Yep. Wow. Crazy. Anyway, all right, cool. All right, so I had to do a quick uh, update on the final one. Uh-oh, is this the final one right now? Yep. Well, so what, before we do this, how many do you have? You I got, think I only got a couple wrong. I think Three you, wrong? You got uh, Gunnarsson, yeah. Oshiman, yeah, and Verrata wrong. Yeah. So, yeah, if you get this, you'll pass. I got a 7 out of 10. You get to move on to the next grade. Oh, my no God. Summer school. I can't do that again. I've been in the fourth grade for 16 years. All right, Tori Mitchell. Oh, man. I really want to say... I want to say yes, but I don't... I think Miller was gone before Mitchell got here. Oh, man. And Mitchell went to Montreal after, so I don't think it would have happened there. Oh, man. Is it? Mm. Tori Mitchell. Oh, this is tough. This is tough, tough, tough. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go no. Correct. Yeah. All right. There so we go. the reason I had to do an audible there is I put Nick Delorier and thinking like Delorier came basically the same time Tory Mitchell did, which is the week after Miller was traded. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, yeah, but they play together now. And I was wondering if you would get that. Oh, with Delorier. Yeah. I would have picked that. It would up. make it super easy. Yeah. So yeah. Like, oh, yeah. They, yeah. They're both on Anaheim. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, but yeah, so no, I, I changed that out to Tori Mitchell. And yeah, you still got it though. You there we go. Cool. I'll take it. Yeah. How about that? This guy, Ryan Miller, playing, you know, with players that are what, a 40 year age gap? I between. guess so, really. Yeah. Hey, Incredible guy. What'd you think about uh, switching gears? What'd you think about the WandaVision finale? Yeah, it was okay. 
Okay. Yeah. What, what was, was pretty good? Oh, you seem not fully satisfied. Uh, no, it's fine. Did you see both the post credit scenes? I did. Uh, yeah, I don't really have too much to say about it. It seems like there's a lot of the discourse uh, about it today. Uh, there's a few things that I didn't like. For example, I don't think they did a lot with the her having just tortured on that entire community for like seemingly weeks. Yeah, yeah. It seems like that was a little bit like smoothed over. You know, it, it, it didn't seem like they dealt with it that much. Um, so it was interesting. White Vision. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting thing. And he's about to become like Vision Vision, I bet. Yeah, if they bring Vision back, that would not, that would suck. Why? Because there should be fucking stakes for things. It would make Vision dying in Infinity War, like, it's, it's something Marvel loves is to just yeah, destroy but, the stakes of anything. Well, but that's everything's always going to be okay. Okay, but the thing is, though, is that with the case of Vision, I feel like it's different because he's, it's not like he's being brought back by some miraculous thing. Like, he was brought back with bad intentions and then because of fake vision he was able to realize that he's actually vision i'm curious to see how they're going to do it and i agree with you though that they did kind of just smooth over the whole yeah you just had people in uh mind transfer a week kind of thing but i will say something that i thought was really interesting is how it's set up for them bringing katherine hahn back because Obviously, people have been like over the moon about her performance in that. I mean, she was amazing. I, such a great casting choice to have her in that. I thought she did such a, an awesome job. But I think that the end of WandaVision sets it up very well now that they could bring her back, but in the role of what she is in the comics, which is like a mentor to Wanda. Granted, Ag- Agatha in the comics is like super duper old, but. I think that the way that the episode ended, yeah, I guess spoilers, everybody. But the way that the episode ended, though, I think it's going to be cool that in the Doctor Strange movie, they're going to have to go back to Westview, like Doctor Strange and Wanda, to get Agnes, Agatha, to help them with some hijinks. And then the future of Wanda is going to be her and Agnes doing like a buddy witch kind of thing. That could be interesting. I would be into that. Catherine Hahn, I obviously liked her a lot. Great job. One of the weaknesses of the MCU typically has been that their villains mostly suck yeah they've gotten better with that but Catherine Hahn being whatever she is like a say a Loki type like villainous person who's not always the villain right um that's interesting uh what else happened here what else do we like I don't know love her new like the new uh like Scarlet Witch uniform yeah that looks pretty badass it looks good on her she wears it well uh did not like Hayward that is that's yeah. a classic that guy uh no juice at all mm-hmm. that was boring didn't really understand his motivations dude well we talked about this last time i somebody pointed this out and i think it's such a great point that i want marvel to get away from like having the villain be like person in power abusing their powers you know like i want yeah. it to be a little bit deeper than that and something that's a little bit more thought-provoking than some asshole you know white dude abusing his powers like you know obviously it's accurate to like society but yeah more in terms of the fact that like i want them to get more creative and i think that that's really going to be like a, a big part of phase four of the mcu because we don't necessarily know quite yet who the main villain is going to be but i think that they did do a good job of that where like hayward was kind of the bad guy for the the monica and jimmy Wu storyline and then 
Agatha was Wanda's bad, but a complicated one though too. I would I would be curious to know more about what they're gonna do with with Agatha though, because I think she really was a great character. Yeah. Oh my god, Catherine Hahn's amazing. She rules. But and Elizabeth Olsen too. Yeah, she deserves to get nominated for an Emmy next year. She um, crushed it. But so I would like to sit down with Kevin Feige. Okay. Uh, ahead of Phase Four, I know they're already making the movies of Phase Four, but you know maybe it's not too late. And I just like to assure him there are more than two types of characters in the world. Not every person has to be a wise cracking tech genius or a stern uh, duty bound heroic type. Mm. There are other types of characters mm-hmm. like the Darcy Monica, whatever, if you want to even call that a dynamic, that whole thing was really saved by having Wu there because he's really a funny guy. Yeah. Randall Park. He's, he's a, one of the bright spots of Ant-Man. Mm. Ant-Man 2 that is. Uh, not even remotely interested in like seeing a Captain Marvel and Monica Rambeau movie. Really? I don't. Because first of all, they're the same. They're the same character. They're yeah. both completely flat. Like I said, stern duty bound hero types. And I don't know. I don't know what I was supposed to like about this. This Monica storyline. And also, I don't know what I'm supposed. I love Cat Dennings in general. Do not care for Darcy Lewis. Really? Yeah. I thought that sucked. I think that's one, of the, one of the best critiques people this. have about Marvel is that their joke writing is not good for the most part. And it relies on people actually being funny. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because she is funny, but is she not at all funny? And like I said, write a new goddamn dynamic. Just, just like that. But is that Everyone not doesn't what, have to be Iron Man and Captain America. But is that not what Wanda is though? It's a little bit deeper because they mostly focus on her grief and rage. Right. She's pure chaos. I feel like I like that, that. And oh, you're oh, you're talking about how she is different. She's not. Yeah, yeah she's I'm not saying that she's outside of that mold oh, of absolutely. like those two. It's not everyone. It's just too many people. Like they're they try to fit that into too many people. Not everyone's a quipster either. Well, yeah. We talked. I don't know if we talked this in the podcast or just real life last week about Ultron. And Ultron, it was very clear that Foggy took what, obviously, Joss Whedon directed it, big time pervert. But it mm. took took what people liked out of Avengers and made it like here's the whole movie. Why don't they make the whole movie out of quips? That kind of thing. You hate on Ultron a lot more than I do, though. I don't. I don't, I don't really mind it as it. much. I feel like with the with the Avengers movies, I really more so watch them for, with like the the mindset of like I'm just gonna enjoy this rather than like looking for things to critique. And normally, I know if something is really bad if I like catch it. Because for the most part, I don't. I guess I'm just like not trying to watch with like an analytical viewpoint. <laughs> but when, when Captain America's war is trash, yes. <laughs> good lord. But but I do think though that like I don't know. I think people are. I, and I get the criticisms because I will totally be the first to say that I think Age of Ultron is the worst of the four Avengers movies. But five, if you want to count Civil War, because that's pretty much like Avengers light. But I don't hate on it as much as other people do. And if somebody's like ever want to watch that, I'm not gonna be like, nah, screw that movie. It sucks. Like I, I can get down with that. There's some cool stuff that happens. Yeah. Well, so like, yeah, but I agree though, with the joke telling thing like that. Yeah, of course. You know, I think that they also though, that was kind of a time period where maybe they were trying to lean into that a little bit more because people were criticizing how, uh, DC was like the exact opposite of that, you know, where it yeah. was like, you make superhero movies that are not fun. And oh they were God, like, hey, let's so let's bad. do the opposite. And so I can get down with that at least a little bit. Yeah. Well, so there's good, there's a good grittiness to let's say the, the Batman trilogy of the the aughts. Oh, I mean, that's like maybe the best superhero trilogy ever. Yeah, they they don't until Kick Ass 3 comes out, but they don't <laughs> um 
concern themselves too much with like, or that it was Nolan didn't seem to care about like building a universe, obviously, because that mm-hmm. wasn't the concept yet. But like in the Dark Knight, they did things that the MCU would never do. Mm-hmm. First of all, a lot of people are getting shot. That's a big lots, thing. Lots uh, of but also like they wouldn't do something like kill Rachel mm-hmm. in the MCU. Uh, but that was taken by Zack Snyder, Snyder and other people at DC to be like, let's just make these movies intensely dark, still poorly written, mm-hmm. obviously completely humorless. Uh, and they also suck. <laughs> so well, that's, that's another important There's part. a huge difference, though, I think, when talking about... Because I, I think the Dark Knight trilogy was given some allowances that the MCU couldn't do. Because going into it, I mean, by the time that the Dark Knight was being made, I don't think there were any plans to expand that universe outside of what was happening in the trilogy because you knew Christian Bale wasn't going to want to stick around after the third movie. Um, And I think because of that, they were allowed to do more dramatic things in that sense, even though they did do a good job of setting some things up like with Two-Face and everything, you know. But I think with the MCU, though, it's a little bit more difficult because of the fact that you are building this world of, in reality, yeah, the MCU itself is one franchise, but within it, it's like eight different franchises that you need to kind of keep pushing along that have their own distinct markets for them, I guess, in a way. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of overlap, but, you know, everybody's fans of different things. And so I think that the Dark Knight trilogy was able to do more dramatic things because they knew it was going to come to an end. Similar to how, like, you had to have Iron Man alive for 10 years before you could kill him. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes. I mean, yeah. And to go back to what you said before about watching. So you you have to look at MCU movies differently than other. I mean, people watch, watch movies however they want, but I don't watch the movie MCU movies to be like, hmm, what what about the uh, the right here? Like, I wonder what they did with this shot. Like, they're very um, accessible movies. Mm-hmm. Like, the point, I think, is that, to me, they're supposed to just be fun. Yeah. Like, I guess what, what Snyder and, and DC in general really misses on right now uh, is that it's really hard to make a really good superhero movie and a lot of shit's been done in the past 15 mm-hmm. years, so there's not a lot of ways to do it anymore. So you might as well just have be a fun, breezy type of movie and not try to, I don't know, win Best Picture or something? I don't know yeah. what they're trying to do because the movies still suck. Right. Like, they're still not, they're also not good. They're not well made in any way. Snyder's an awful director. But, you gonna watch the Snyder Cut, bro? Oh my God. It was like four hours. <laughs> something crazy like the, that. The Snyder fans are the most insane people on Twitter. But anyway, what I was gonna say was, what a hell of a die for those, on. For those movies to work, they have to actually be fun to watch. And I guess what, where they lose me a lot of the time is when the writing sucks, I guess, when it's not funny. Like Guardians works, so you have like someone like Chris Pratt. I mean, actually that whole cast, that they really did a good job putting those five together. Uh, Ragnarok, obviously, it works because it's funny because they, they reinvent Thor. That whole thing's really funny. Jeff Goldblum being in it. Director, too, is a key part of that obviously, as well. Obviously, Taika. Yeah. You know, Ant-Man's fun because Paul Rudd's fun and... Uh, Woo is also funny in that. Mm-hmm. But there are times when they're trying to be funny and they're not. I guess the one thing that sticks out to me in Ultron is the whole extended language bit. But like Cap said language when Tony said shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my God, that's not, stop. That's not a six uh, reference joke. Stop, stop going back to that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, anyway, I guess what I'll say though too is that there's a weird distinct community online that seems insistent on pushing that MCU is not only like real cinema or whatever that's supposed to mean, but it's important. And like, it's doing things that no one else can do or whatever, that this is like the best art out there. It's not, it's not even trying to be. That's not even what the point of it is. 
Like, obviously, the point of it is to make money, but they're aiming for kind of what I said. Like, people really like comic books like to see these movies competently, those stories be competently told on screen, which is not happening mm-hmm. uh, for the most part for most of movie history. But they're not trying to win Best Picture or whatever. And so there's that insane community. I guess the more insane community is the people that insist Zack Snyder is good at directing. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I think with the MCU, though, too, like going into it, I don't know, because that's the thing. I think the MCU knows it you and I know it, that they're not trying to do like the whole best picture thing. And I know that like some people, you know, you had made reference to like the line earlier, what that vision says in the uh, second last episode yeah. about what is grief, but not love perseverance. Like, and people were like tr- trying to dunk on that. I know you can't, but like, dude, I mean, it's a Hallmark card. Who cares though? No, no. So who okay. cares? No, no, people weren't dunking on the line. People were dunking on the lady on Twitter who was basically like, I think she said something like the sound you're hearing is every screenwriter in Hollywood. Uh, muttering under their breath fuck that was good people were dunking on the line the line is whatever like i said it's a completely forgettable line yeah uh, well uh, i mean they're dunking on the lady thinking that's a, any any way impressive line so that's the, well i guess that's right. where the line needs to be drawn because if somebody's saying it like that where they're like oh like all the screenwriter like whatever that's one thing but i feel like i did get the sense that people were like ragging on people who like thought that was like a good line you know like even though yeah maybe because you know some people say like oh you can look up whatever and it's a variation of of something yeah obviously and i again i don't think that marvel was trying to go out into this being like this is some groundbreaking thing but like i don't know to me it's like if people are finding comfort in something like that then why be mad at people for that because it's fun that's the best part of Twitter is for goofing on people. Oh, Taylor. People, I don't know. Here, like I said this to you uh, off air like two weeks ago, uh, to, to the Marvel people. You know, I watch WandaVision. I've seen most Marvel movies. Don't embarrass me with your takes. Oh, my You're God. Gonna make, they're going to make me look like I'm insane for watching these things and, and enjoying them for what who they are. Who is they? Who, who are the they? Marvel gonna... people on Twitter. The no, I'm are saying, still who, who, who are you worried about that this is going to make you look lame to? I don't want to look lame, but my legions of followers for liking the the most popular movie franchise in the world right now. I gotta, I gotta keep some crowd. I'm a letterboxed guy, of course, of course. You know, I you know, hipster. I have, I have five. You got a long followers. beard, you know. I do. I have a Christmas sweater on, and it's March. Wow, I didn't realize this, but I think you are hipster, Taylor. I see that that doesn't that's not true. I'm not in a band. <laughs> you neither am you I. Live in an Elmwood village. You're in two bands. You live off of Hurdle. It's not hipster. Please. Taylor. I live two streets away from Main Street. Oh my God. How so do that? I, I mean, I'm... Listen, hipster is a meaningless word now, oh, but okay. if it wasn't, where would the hipster capital? I'm saying this very from? ironic, by the way, very ironically, but what do you hipster. mean? What are you trying to say? Hmm? I think Just because be of where Alan. I live? Alan. Yeah. Okay. Probably Alan. Yeah. Yeah. I live two blocks away from like the park and the cemetery, man. I don't. I live a block away from from a cemetery. If anything, that adds some maybe additional street cred that I'm cool with, like ghosts, spirits, and ghosts. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, anyway, I guess what I'm saying is <laughs> we're getting so way off. Marvel people, just like I, you know what you know what gets me about them is because they kind of have a persecution complex. Oh. About, but it's like the like you said, it's the most popular movie series. Every movie they make makes a billion dollars. It's generally well received as much as any piece of uh media could be mm-hmm. at this point in history and then they just have a weird thing like they, they that goddamn meme people tweet where the guy's like holding the other guy's lips and he's like let people enjoy things that is one of the worst 
That that is such a cursed image. So okay, this I'm gonna see that right when here I, when I when I descend yeah. into hell. I mean that for is the sin is... of talking about the Sabers twice oh a week. When I die, <laughs> the first thing you're right. We are going to hell for this. I'm gonna oh be like God, I'm just processing that right now. This sucks. Oh, and no. the devil, Satan himself, Beazelbub, is gonna like hold my lips and be like, shh, let people enjoy. Okay, hell. that meme itself is lame. But the greater point of what I was kind of getting at before, I think, is. For people who, you could rag on people who are like, this is the, I mean, well, I don't even know. It, for the people who are like, oh, every Hollywood screenwriter being like, oh, I wish yes. I, okay, that is fine. But for, for people who are like, I think that's a really nice line and it resonated with me. That's fine. You don't need to dunk on people. I wasn't that. dunking on them. I, well, I, I was, I was dunking on them. I wish you all could see the face I'm making right now at Taylor. <laughs> also, first of all, are you telling me that I should not get insanely mad online about things that don't affect my life? Are you telling me to do that? No, no I can't. God no, I'm not that. telling you to do that. I'm saying that there could be certain filters or, or, or times I should say where, you know, maybe this, maybe this isn't a fight worth battling. I didn't get in a fight over it. Well, you seem a little angry about it right now i'm just generally angry so whatever i'm talking about it you're a sabers fan what are you gonna expect yeah sabers jesus stupid podcast (laughs) i can't believe we did this (laughs) anyway how uh, many more games do we have to go before the contracts oh my god i'll say this (laughs) oh man episodes to go whatever what's the point in having good takes and good taste if you can't dunk on people with bad takes and bad taste well yeah of course you can do that but i think that there's a there's a difference between the people who have harmless takes that are maybe bad and people who are intentionally like, I think my takes are great, but they actually suck. I mean, maybe we fall into that category, but there are also people who are like on the bad side of that category where they are very headstrong in said takes that are bad. You know, if people, I guess I am, I'm team let people enjoy things when people have harmless unprompted or opinion just like an opinion on something whereas if somebody has an opinion that is shitty and prompts somebody to opinion that's shitty in terms of like pop culture that's shitty that like is prompting like a statement or a thought that can be challenged you know like then you could shit on them somebody saying one division is really great and i love it and i love this line that's okay but somebody saying this is the greatest piece of cinema that i've ever seen in my entire life and nothing will ever come close to it yeah go ahead someone who has a blue check mark and a, a ton of followers you're gonna right say there. that they said something really bad and this is a yes. very common thing we know this but literally said it was the greatest show of all time there is a, li- a weird delusional uh state on there i don't think it's good to talk about uh these things just to make sure Oh, well, we're not all on the same page, but we should be. Hmm. I mean, yeah. What was the argument for them saying it was the greatest show of all time? I don't know. They have brain damage. It was not even, it was, it was like two weeks ago. It was before. We're the- Sabres fans, so we can't say shit about anybody else having brain damage. Yeah, we damage. choose to be Sabres fans, though. I mean. We were born in Buffalo. What are you going to do? Maybe we were chosen. Maybe the Sabres chose us. God, they chose wrong once again. I <laughs> know, they really did. They're scouting. We just want to make these people. No, maybe it's good. Like, what people can we make the most miserable to make them have the worst possible time watching this hockey team? And they picked people that they knew would actually care enough to continue watching, even though that they are just god awful in every possible way and make our lives worse. Yes. I don't know. I don't, okay. I, yeah. I mean, maybe I don't know. 
Maybe this is like some punishment for something in some. Do you think we're in purgatory right now? No, I think um, I think maybe we live multiple lives, and we did something very bad in our last life, and now we have to be Sabres fans. And then they like matched us up because we did something bad in our last life, and now they're like, all right, let's see if they could figure out how to maybe set themselves we off on a, a heist. Ooh, that sounds fun. Mm. Like a bank heist? Or are you thinking yeah. something more exotic, like jewelry or whatever? Uh, no, not even a bank. We did a Logan Lucky heist. We robbed a, a NASCAR track. Ooh, okay. I don't okay. know what you want. Let me get back to you on that. All right. I like that. We'll do some research. Yeah. Anyway, do you have a recommendation? Yeah. If you're watching the Sabres, seek help. Yeah. That's literally my recommendation. Fair enough. Again, for what might be the third time in or second time in, in a month, my, my recommendation is therapy for everybody to continue watching this shit. They're the worst. My rec- You know what I recommend? I recommend the Pagoulas sell the team to somebody, anybody. I don't even care. Sell it to me. Sell it to both. We should be the ones. To run. We will pay them a cool $100. Sure, we will be losing a ton of money on our investment, but I think we would do a better job than they'd be doing. Maybe eventually we start to make Look, some money. I can lose money. Yeah. You have a lot of wealth. It's not hard. No, I can lose someone else's money. Oh, yeah. If they give us the money to lose, then yes, I will gladly do so. Yeah. I mean, how hard can this be? I could miss the playoffs for 10 straight years. I could lose money. Duh. This is, I don't know. Whatever. All right. Well, anyways, I guess. All right. Uh, what would be a good recommendation this week? You go first and let me think of, think of one because I don't know. All right. So last week we talked about but no, was it last week? I don't know. At some point in the recent past, I recommended the movie Freaky for everyone, which I, I still recommend. It's very good. But I was thinking about the other movies that were same director Christopher Landon made, the Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You movies. Okay. Which are, are both fantastic. And they're, they're uh, also like fun, uh, fun breezy watch as much as horror movies can be. I mean, they're kind of horror adjacent. So... Do you know the do you know the plot of these movies? No. Okay, so basically, this character Tree, her name is, she's a, a lady. She wakes up. It's her birthday. She's she's a college student. She wakes up in this guy's room. Uh, it's a whole thing. Uh, she's not very nice. She's kind of mean. Her part of that reason is because her mom had died recently. She shared a birthday with her mom. She doesn't like her birthday because of that fact, and. Anyway, at the end of the day, she's on her way to her birthday party and she gets murdered by someone wearing a giant baby mask. And then she wakes up in her bed again and the day starts over. It's like a time loop type thing, like, you know, Groundhog Day, Palm Springs, Looper, mm-hmm. Source Code, yeah. any of those movies. Uh, Russian Hayden Doll. Christensen. A lot Looper. Like, yeah, a lot like Russian right, Doll. Wasn't he, was he in Looper? No, he wasn't in Looper. What was he? he was. Oh, he was. Okay, yeah, right, right, right. I believe. Um, but anyway, so it's like those, or it's like, I don't know, watching your team lose the, by the same score to the same team three times in four days. Again. I so if you're feeling anything. like you're living in a time loop uh, with what's going on with the Sabres, I can't recommend this enough. They're so fun. They're inventive. Uh, they're not like a lot of other horror movies. Mm-hmm. Well-made, really good, likable, well-written characters, really genuinely touching emotional moments. The kills leave a little bit to be desired because it's a PG-13 movie, so they can't show a lot of gore, but whatever mm. so I, I enjoy those movies quite a bit both of them happy death day and happy death day to you now also when i went to see happy death day to you in theaters uh 
the Regal Elmwood was packed to the gills with people going to see the premiere of a Medea funeral. <laughs> True story. Naturally. Yeah. Wild. Anyway, I like it. It's a lot of fun. Christopher Landon. I hope he makes more, you know, of these kind of horror movies. Cool. Let's watch one sometime. You would, you would, you could, you would do well with <laughs> yeah. Happy Death Day. Okay. Freaky is also kind of a fun, like a romp, I would say, mm-hmm. but some wild death scenes. Mm. Okay. I mean, I can get down with some stuff. It's just like a lot of like the real scary shit. I, yeah. It's what turns me off a little bit, but you're not going to watch Haunting of Hill House, I guess. We talked about probably this, like, not. No, I know. Yeah. I've had it recommended to me by a couple people. And every time I've been like, you would be way too scared. No. Yeah, I will not do that. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, I'm going to recommend then this week an album that is up for Best Grammy. I don't think I ever recommended this one, but Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. Really, really good album. Uh, I mean, before this, Dua Lipa, I know, was like really kind of just more on like the poppy side. And this album is definitely very poppy, but it's very um, like funk infused a bit. Um, Really good instrumentation on the album vocals are are really really good too Dua Lipa just generally speaking is is really just goddamn awesome uh so yeah I'm gonna go with uh Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa ton of like all the singles from that album are so good I mean the entire album front to back is great but really really good, good jams on that one so nice who's your random savers player of the episode Taylor Baklava Verada really yeah damn it I was gonna have mine be Baklava Verada why not there's no rules this is that. the Baklava Verada episode yeah wow we're gonna have him on eventually We'll find a way. What do you think he's doing right now? Depends on what uh, what time it is, wherever he is. Maybe sleeping, depending if it's at... If, if he's it's, in Europe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't I know bet, what the time difference is. I think are. he's watching WandaVision and agrees with my opinions exactly on it. The exact same? Yeah. I mean, generally speaking, our opinions are, are very similar when it comes to that. I mean, I think I probably liked it a little bit more than you did, but you're just kind of like a hater, so. <laughs> See, you know what, actually, one more one more grievance I'm going to air here. Oh, People no. are like, what have I done? The other meme that I hate is the hating popular things doesn't make you cool or interesting or whatever other adjective they throw in there. Shut up. Knock it off. Stop with that shit. Because it's it's just, it's it's assuming bad faith to think that if someone doesn't like something that's very popular, that's actually, it's kind of annoying when you like something, you don't like something that's popular because it's everywhere, like inescapable. You have to hear about it a lot. Mm-hmm. If you don't like some uh, French noir film from 1932, fine, because you'll never have to think about it again. But if you don't like, let's say, pop culture phenomenon, Shit's Creek, tough shit. Buddy. Would you, you know? Any, would you know anybody who oh, falls into that category? No, awful. They deserve to go to prison for not liking that awful show. Oh. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, super, but also it's reading that that bad faith, and also like I don't know, people are. People might have good critiques of things. That's just like a shitty, like hollowing out the conversation to just be like, oh, you just hate a thing because it's popular. And you're doing that because you want to seem interesting. No, this is stupid. Come back with a real argument. (laughs) And stop feeling persecuted. Uh, Like I said, it's insanely popular. These these movies will never stop being made. The MCU is going to exist well past our deaths. All right. So I can be mad because there's a certain type of movie that doesn't get made anymore, which partially because these are the kinds of movies that do get made. I get to be mad. They don't get to be mad. Mm-hmm. And if they get mad, I'm going to get mad. Matter, potentially. Yeah. yeah I'm going to be not happy. Livid. Well, just livid. Yes. Wow. I'm- so don't ever tweet out those two memes again 
well, what's a, another any other grievances don't use bro wrong the word bro specific definition we can get that's too long to get into right now Go ahead. don't use it incorrectly there's all oh, there's a whole spiel about this okay there, a bro is a very specific type of guy yeah not every not every male who you don't like is a bro who you don't like yeah. oh you're saying in the the bad okay because yeah. that's the thing with bro is i feel like there's different ways there's either the endearing way the criticizing way or the ironic way of using it those yeah. are really the three main silos that it fell under like i ironically used it on you earlier maybe some people like to use it in terms of well, I'm endearing about- but then other people though as you're saying i'm assuming saying like oh he's just a bro like in terms of a direct yeah, like it's a, usually like fine by itself like for example martin shkreli farmer bro yeah that's terrible he's not a bro yeah no he's super he's not huge, a bro huge like that uh, guy is super not yeah no. we need to maybe redefine what bro means then i'm trying to think of who someone who would qualify as a bro i'm hmm. struggling here even in the negative way oh in the negative, negative way yeah i probably think of some good positive bro um who would qualify who's just like a because when i think of that i just think of some well i guess martin scarelli would qualify but i was just somebody who's just like a real douchebag yeah but i think bro has to have there's a certain like aloof is the wrong word certain like uh aesthetic to being a bro Mm, okay people just throw it at any any male they don't like that's why the the term that made me think of it is film bro which i think is just it if you understand what a bro is and you think yeah that's obviously bros are a goddamn thing you think pedantic nerds who post on letterbox 20 times a day are bros do you post Get on letterbox not 20 times a day but <laughs> once a week a little bit more than that maybe but oh, that's yeah doesn't exist don't even get me started on a another type of bro that we've talked you know i'm not gonna get into that go ahead no okay too too big of a rant we'll go into it maybe you know is ralph Kruger a bro no god no no. Not in any kind of way. Way more people are nerds than bros. Hmm. But then that even runs into that whole same argument where you can use nerd and it depends on the light at which you're, use, in which you're using it. Yeah, I, I'm someone who, even though I am a nerd and sports nerd mostly, uh, I think nerds have uh, entirely too much power, feeling themselves too much. Okay. And particularly, particularly, Jesus, uh, these uh millennial theater nerds so are you saying you need to like tone yourself down then no the people that like so what i was specifically getting at is the people that are uh responding to the gen z stuff ah don't even this is a this is a whole can of worms that we don't need to get yeah millennials get your shit together did we not like don't embarrass me no they're embarrassing all of us we are just talking about that this shit about oh my god oh my oh my god some of the fucking tiktoks that i have seen people do the millennials you know what i it's too much it's ridiculous yeah. you're making a fool of yourself and somebody had made a great point that we need to like either split up millennials or there needs to be its own generational name for those born in 1990 to 1996 i need to get these like late 80s ones out of here because this yeah. is where the problems are coming from it's coming for us too if you're not a 90s like a, a mm-mm. We don't need to get into it more, but I don't yeah. like it. The Eminem stuff was the cringiest shit I've ever seen. Good Lord. Listen. Oh, my God. Listen to me. If you are a white woman who lives in the suburbs, nobody, I repeat, nobody wants to listen to you rap Eminem. Nobody. And I've seen too many people over the past two weeks due to this Eminem canceling debacle. Try and do that. And I'll tell you right now, if 
if the price of, of not having to have Eminem make music anymore is never having to see these cringy ass videos of corny white people like rapping Eminem lyrics, then so be it. Because I never want to experience that shit ever again. Horrible. Just the worst. Awful. The worst. Wow. This is a Sabres podcast, by the way, everybody. Yeah, there's a lot of millennials on the Sabres. There are. Maybe you think that's part of the problem. Like, like Dylan Cousins is like roasting Kyle Oposo skinny jeans or something like that. That the team can't get along because of the generational differences. It could be that. And I should say too, I'm sure we have a, a very wide, you know, wide uh, you know, age gap from our listeners. And even if you are like a late 80s millennial, do not take this as any disrespect, of course, because I'm assuming you probably are not one of the people that we're talking about here. But if you have no. ever caught yourself taking a TikTok rapping Eminem lyrics to try and diss some 14 year olds, then yes, you are absolutely under this, but everybody else, you're cool. You could stay. We just need to like weed out the the bad ones. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Well, any last thoughts actually Taylor before we say goodbye? Uh, yes. Don't embarrass me. Don't embarrass Taylor that's, ever. Don't do it. That's that's uh, take that into next week. Yeah, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Can't wait for it. All right, everybody. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. Make sure you're checking out the Hockey Podcast Network and our fellow 31 or 30 shows, I should say, for the 31 teams in the NHL, 30 teams, excuse me, Sabres don't exist. Uh, and make sure you're checking out all of the other podcasts and content that we're pumping out every day. All of the shows are very active on social media as well. So if there's any, ever any teams besides the Sabres that you're interested in, you know, getting the, the day-to-day scoop on, make sure you're checking out our fellow podcasts. Make sure you're also checking out Buffalo Fanatics on at their website at thebuffalofanatics.com for all the great articles that they have about the Bills in the offseason and the upcoming season next year, along with the many great podcasts that they have there as well. So with that being said, everybody, thank you all so much for tuning in. We really hope that the next time you hear our voices, it will be talking about Ralph Kruger being fired. Have a great rest of your day.